From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 349 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, the arts once thrived in New York City. But that's the industry that has lost the most jobs in the pandemic. And it's not yet clear what could bring those jobs and that vibrant culture back. But first, here's what happened in Virus News today. A panel of outside advisors to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration are vetting the Johnson & Johnson coronavirus vaccine today. It's one of the final steps toward likely authorization of the country's first one-dose immunization against COVID-19. The panel is expected to vote that the vaccine's benefits outweigh its risks. If that happens, the FDA could grant emergency clearance within days, providing a badly needed boost to U.S. vaccine supplies. Biden administration officials have said the U.S. expects J&J to release 3 million to 4 million shots next week, assuming it's authorized for use. The company is ready to deliver 20 million doses by the end of March, according to an executive. Mexico's finance minister said more than 80 million people in Mexico should be vaccinated by July. Arturo Herrera, the minister, said the figure represents all of the targeted adult population. He added that 34 million people would have received their vaccine by April. Finally, California surpassed 50,000 deaths from COVID-19, according to data from its health department. It's the first U.S. state to reach that bleak milestone. Almost half of the fatalities have come in the past two months, following a winter surge in cases that strained hospitals and led to lockdowns across the state. Since then, the outbreak has eased substantially. While the most populous state tops the U.S. in total deaths, on a per capita basis, it ranks toward the middle. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. 
And now for today's main story. New York City's museums, sports arenas, and entertainment venues are slowly coming back to life. But the sector has contracted dramatically under the pressure of the global pandemic. Jobs in arts, entertainment, and recreation fell the most of all the city's economic sectors, erasing a decade of gains in what was once one of New York's most vibrant industries. I spoke to reporter Spencer Norris about what that means for cultural institutions and the city that was one of the sector's biggest boosters. New York City's arts and culture sector has been particularly hard hit by the pandemic. You know, what kind of numbers are we looking at in terms of job losses over the past year? Uh, the numbers in this uh, in this sector are pretty devastating. From December of 2019 through to December of 2020, the sector lost about two out of every three jobs um, within the city. About 46% uh, of those jobs um, were in the Chelsea to Midtown uh, Manhattan area. So that area um, likely got hit worse than just about anybody else. You know, what was the size of the arts and culture sector in New York pre-pandemic? Right. So pre-pandemic, uh, looking at the end of 2019, New York accounted uh, for about um, 93,500 jobs in the private sector um, with about 6,200 establishments uh, in the arts, entertainment and recreation industry. Uh, that's just based on the data that's in front of us uh, from the uh, state comptroller's office. Um, but like I said, about two out of every three of those um, jobs have been lost since then. Uh, so we're down into the low 30,000s. And when we're talking about the arts and culture sector, you know, let's break that down a little bit. What types of jobs are included in that category? So the uh, arts, entertainment, and recreation uh, sector is kind of a big umbrella, as uh, the name suggests. So it encompasses everybody from um, thespians, musicians, but also people like um, aerobics instructors, bartenders. Um, it really covers a lot of uh, different areas of the city. And I actually had a reader write in to me uh, just about half an hour ago, um, pointing out that these numbers maybe don't really reflect the degree of the impact um, in his particular sector. He works on Broadway, and he pointed out that Broadway's been closed down for almost a full year at this point, right? It's a little bit different um, than bartenders and aerobic instructors who have had kind of the opportunity to reopen and reintegrate. Whereas a lot of people who were uh, working in the acting community are still uh, just shut out of a job, uh, broadly speaking. And, you know, individual job losses certainly is is one big element here. But but what about overall businesses operating in this space? Do we have any kind of data on how many businesses within the arts and culture sector have permanently closed since the start of the pandemic? Yeah, we do. Um, so as of uh, earlier this month, about um, three out of every five arts and entertainment businesses have shut down and about 63% of uh, sports and recreation venues. You know, we've heard that Governor Andrew Cuomo is trying to partially reopen businesses within the city, particularly within the arts and culture sector. You know, what has been thus far cleared for reopening and, and what kinds of restrictions remain in place? 
So the first thing um, that comes to mind is New York has just uh, reopened dining partially. Uh, February 12th is when uh, they allow 25% capacity uh, back in restaurants. But I'm not sure that there's um, been any kind of movement as far as reopening uh, music and uh, entertainment venues. It, just, it seems a little too early at this point. But there has uh, been discussion about reopening movie theaters uh, with limited uh, capacity. That does, obviously, even with some very gradual steps towards reopening, that does leave many, many venues and cultural institutions still closed. What kind of financial support is available for cultural businesses, um, those involved in the arts, to draw on during this time? Yeah, so there have been a lot of initiatives um, at the federal level um, that we're already familiar with, like uh, the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, so the data says that about three out of every five arts and entertainment companies in the city have already received um, a loan through the PPP program. Um, additionally, there's another federal relief package uh, that's in the works um, that will provide $15 billion uh, for uh, these live venues, but that's spread across the entire nation. And I mean, in your opinion, you know, what are we looking at as far as a runway to bring the arts and culture sector back to pre-pandemic levels in New York City? Yeah. So in terms of reopening, it's going to kind of come down to how the vaccine rollout um, sort of shakes out here in the next few months. Uh, there have been issues and hangups that we've seen involving uh, accessibility uh, to the vaccine in the first few months, uh, including the ability uh, to get follow-up doses. Uh, there's kind of a question over where, over whether the J&J &J vaccine um, will clear up a lot of those supply-side issues. We're going to have to see, uh, but it's going to be a matter of months yet uh, before um, things fully reopen. Um, uh, God knows when exactly that will be. That was Spencer Norris. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com slash coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Spencer Norris. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Shine and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.